Hello, everyone. Welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. This is our Thursday episode, which means we are going over a state and its history and its geography, climate, all of that. So today's episode is for the 24th state that entered the Union, which is Missouri. Now, Missouri has had quite the history. Like, I feel like in all these other states, I hear about Missouri a lot because of the Missouri Compromise and, you know, the region that it's all in. It's kind of in the middle of the country. So Missouri has a very interesting history. I'm excited to dive in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, before we get into the actual history of Missouri, let's talk about just some of the basic facts, you know, get a feel for where it is. So Missouri became a state on August 10th, 1821. Again, it's the 24th state to join the union right after the state of Maine. Now it is called Missouri because it says that the word Missouri has often been construed to mean muddy water, but the Smithsonian Institute Bureau of American Ethnology has stated now that it means town of the large canoes, and authorities have said the Indian syllables from which the word comes from mean wooden canoe people or he of the big canoe. So there was confusion about it for a while that they thought it was from muddy water, but it's actually town of large canoes or he of the big canoe. So. It is from the Native American languages of the people that were in the area. The state motto is very long in Latin, but it translates in English to the welfare of the people is the supreme law. The nickname is the show me state and I was confused. So I looked up kind of the background about why it was called the show me state and says, while much of the state's history is tied to the mighty rivers that flow through it, the show me state got its nickname because of the devotion of its people to simple common sense. In 1899, representative Willard, yeah, Willard D. Vandiver said, frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. And that's kind of like the attitude of the state, you know, you can't just say all these fancy words, you got to show me. It's very practical. So it's the show me state. The population of Missouri currently, well, as of the 2020 census, is about 6.1 million, making it the 28th most de densely populated state in the Union. So it's pretty average considering the population density, but it has 6.1 million people. Now, just to get a geographical picture of where Missouri is, it is bordered by Iowa in the north, Illinois and Kentucky, or sorry, Illinois, Kentucky, and Tennessee. It's in the east. Arkansas borders it to the south, and then Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska are to the west. So again, pretty darn central, and it has a lot of neighbors. It says the state's wiggly eastern border is almost entirely created by the Mississippi River. Missouri can be divided into four geographical regions. As you can tell, I got this <laughs> this particular geographical description from Kids National Geographic. That's why they say that the eastern border is wiggly. <laughs> um, so the four regions are, let's just go through them. The first one is the dissected till plains. 
They are across the far north above the Missouri River. It's mostly flat prairies and fertile soil rivers and streams. Then you have the Osage or Osage Plains. These are in the west, uh, western part of Missouri. They have a few hills, but it's mostly flat. The soil is a little bit shallower. It's less rich, you know, in nutrients than the till plains. There's some tall grass and it, it used to cover 15 million acres of the state, but now very little of it remains. Prairie State Park in this region is one of the few places that these super tall grasses are preserved. Okay, then you have the Ozark Plateau. This is the largest region and it covers most of the south of Missouri. It, it says gradual water erosion here created high forested ridges, springs, and caves. The state's highest point, Taumsock Mountain, is in this area. So is the Lake of the Ozarks, a reservoir where many visitors come to fish, camp, and boat. Before this, I did not know where Lake of the Ozarks <laughs> was. Like, I have heard so many people, I've had multiple friends who go to Lake of the Ozarks, like, pretty much every year. And I always think it's way further north somewhere, like somewhere around the Michigan-Illinois area. Turns out it is in Missouri. Okay, the last region is the Mississippi Alluvial Plain. It's a lowland in the southeast corner of the state. Uh, it's called, this, that part is called the state's boot heel. Mississippi River flooding has made this land very fertile and cotton, soybeans, and rice are farmed in this region. Okay, so that's the geography. Let's talk a little bit about the climate. Seems like a pretty good climate, honestly. So they get 43 inches of rain a year. The U.S. average is 38 inches. There are They get 13 inches of snow. The U.S. average is 28, so much less. Good place to go if you don't like the winter as much. There are 206 sunny days on average in a year and the national average is 205. The summer high is 88 degrees. The winter low is 20 degrees, making all around the comfort index 7.2. Now again, it's very close to average, but this means it's just a little bit higher than the average state. It's one of the more comfortable places in the US, more comfortable than average. September, May, and June are the best to visit. January and December are the worst, or I should say the least comfortable. So September, May, and June are you know, it's the best weather and January, December is the worst weather. It gets to about 70 degrees or 70% humidity uh, at the peak of summer is, is kind of the average. Okay, now it is time for the, t for the history, for the timeline of Missouri. How did we get this land? How did it become a state? You know, where, when was it a territory? We're going to answer all of those questions. So this starts with 1673. Father Jacques Marquette and Louis, Louis Joliet. I mispronounce his name every single time. We've heard about him multiple times, but they were the first Europeans to set foot on land that would become Missouri. Nine years later in 1682, explorer Robert Cavalier, Sour de la Salle, who we've heard about many, many, many times, took possession of the Louisiana territory for France 1724, Fort, or Fort Orleans, built on the north bank of the Missouri River by Etienne de Bourgmont in today's Carroll County. Uh, so that was built, basically, in 1724. It was abandoned six years later in 1730. Okay, 1750, the first permanent white settlement uh, 
was founded. It was St. Genevieve was the first white permanent settlement in Missouri. Again, that was 1750. In 1762, Spain gained control of the Louisiana Territory in the Treaty of Fontainebleau on November 13th of that year. And then St. Louis, the city, was founded by Pierre Leclerc Legust, I think. These are all super French, so I might be mispronouncing. But on February 15th of 1764 is when St. Louis was founded. Then the city of St. Charles was established in 1769. It was... A, originally a trading post uh, for this area. Then the whole territory was given over to the Spanish government. They assumed control of that area in 1770. And the, I believe this is a city, uh, Potosi or Potosi, that was founded in 1773. It was originally called Mine au Breton. Okay. Um, 1789, Colonel, Morgan, Colonel George Morgan established the new city, the city of New Madrid. Wow, I'm having a hard time reading today. But New Madrid was founded in 1789. And then a post at Cape Girardeau, Girardeau was established in 1793. So a lot of these cities are kind of starting to boom all throughout the 1700s. And then in 1798, Lieutenant Governor Zenon Trudeau of the Spanish government offered Daniel Boone a thousand arpents to settle in the Louisiana Territory. So Daniel Boone was kind of in this area. In 1800, Moses Austin made the first sheet lead and cannonballs manufactured in Missouri. Sometimes these timelines put very niche things, but yes, the first cannonballs that were made in Missouri were made here in 1800. Also in that same year, Spain returned the Louisiana Territory land to France. And then in 1803 is when America, or Thomas Jefferson, signed the Louisiana Purchase on April 30th of 1803. The next year, one year later, like, yeah, basically almost exactly a year later, in 1804, the Lewis and Clark expedition set out from St. Louis. So that was their starting point. 1805, the territory, territory of Louisiana was established. The seat of the government was St. Louis. So we've talked a lot about how these territories kind of evolved as we went, but at one point, Missouri was part of the territory of Louisiana. The territory of Louisiana was actually a very, very big land area. In 1808, the city of St. Genevieve was incorporated. And then also in that year, Joseph Charles founded the first newspaper in Missouri called the Missouri Gazette. There was also a fort that was established that year on the Missouri River called Fort Osage. I kind of want to go to all these places and just literally just to hear the people talk about it so I don't have to look up every single word that I am mispronouncing. I wish I was just more familiar with how to pronounce some of these things, but you know, because sometimes I try to go in and and look up pronunciations and I think I have it and then even when I'm just going through the podcast I forget like it's immediate so what's the point of even looking them up so if I'm mispronouncing anything you know apologies <laughs> um okay 1809 the Missouri Fur Company was organized in St. Louis it says the abundance of animal pelts in the Mississippi Valley region played a key role in the development of the upper Louisiana territory okay uh also I should just 
shout out the fact that this timeline is not the e-reference one that I usually use. It's a, I think it's like a Missouri specific one, but it's from LIB guides, like library guides, I'm assuming. And I will link it in the show notes so you can go and look it over for yourself if you would like. Okay, uh, 1812, a portion of the territory of Louisiana became the territory of Missouri. So this is like the first break off of, you know, these two. And eventually all these became states and then there were more states that broke off. So now part of that old territory of Louisiana became the territory of Missouri. In 1812, the first General Assembly of the territory of Missouri met and the five original counties were organized, which was Cape Girardeau, New Madrid, St. Charles, St. Louis, and St. Genevieve, all of which we kind of talked about their founding. Uh, the first circuit court opened at Coles Fort in 1816. So again, more like government setup of this new territory of Missouri. In 1817, the steamboat Zebulon M. Pike reached St. Louis. It was the first steamboat to navigate the Mississippi River above the mouth of the Ohio River. And then the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives presented the first petition to Congress from Missouri that requested statehood. So they requested statehood on January 8th, 1818. Now, there is an interesting thing about Missouri's statehood that they kind of give a little synopsis up here. So in 1820, it says the Missouri statehood controversy became a national issue as the issue of slavery was debated. The Missouri Compromise allowed Missouri to enter the Union as a slave state and Maine as a free state, thus keeping the balance of slave and free states equal in Congress. Although Missouri was allowed to enter as a slave state, the remaining portion of the Louisiana Purchase area north of the 3630 line was to be forever free of slavery. So people were very concerned that if Missouri entered the statehood, that there would be, you know, there'd be like a favor in Congress of slave states and they didn't want it, it was a clean balance at the moment. So they didn't want to add a new state to like make that balance off. So they basically said, okay, Maine's free. Missouri will be a slave state, but we are not having any slavery above this, you know, latitude or longitude. I'm forgetting which is which above that line. So it kind of divided the North and the South. Okay. 1820 also later, uh, that year. Missouri's Enabling Act was passed and approved by President James Monroe, and then their first constitution was adopted also in 1820, but in July. Also in 1820, Missouri's first state elections were held, and Alexander McNair was elected Missouri's first governor, and then the General Assembly began its first session at the Missouri Hotel in St. Louis on September 18th, also of 1820. Okay, 1821, President James Monroe admitted Missouri as the 24th state. The capital was located in St. Charles until a permanent location was designated. So that happened again on August 10th. Now it's interesting that they held an election and the General Assembly started meeting before they were actually a state. I thought that all that would come after, but that was an interesting thing that I wanted to point out as I read through this. 
Also in 1821, the Santa Fe Trail was opened by William Becknell's successful trading expeditions to Santa Fe, and then uh, the governor, Alexander McNair, signed the bill designating the site for the city of Jefferson. Okay, 1822, a bill was uh, created to they made the the Missouri state seal and then let's see 1826 Jefferson City was designated Missouri's permanent seat of government all state records equipment and the seal were moved to Jefferson City on October 1st and the Missouri State Library was established by law on January 22nd 1829 so a lot happening with like the government and trying to figure out where you know the capital was and there's a lot of things to do once you are admitted as a new state into the union so hopefully that gives you kind of a good idea of all that had to happen once they became a state okay let's see uh, missouri state penitentiary received its first prisoner in 1836 and then 1837 martin van buren issued a proclamation which completed the annexation of the platte purchase area to missouri establishing the northwest border of the state so that's another thing i didn't realize i didn't really understand that some of these borders weren't necessarily established or established permanently so you know they were admitted into the union in 1821 but their northwest it says the northwest border of the state wasn't permanently established until 1837 so it's funny like you like i grew up obviously when all 50 states were in the union and it's just a given that there's 50 states in the union but living in this time it's like okay some of the states weren't final you didn't know the size of them yet some were territories like it would be news that another state joined the union like that seems like a very interesting time to live when all these states were actually joining the union because your country was just changing all the time and there was like this kind of unclaimed land that they had found i don't know it's just such a crazy thing that you don't really think of when you grow up with already all the 50 states like in the union so i don't know who knows maybe we'll get another state like puerto rico or one of our other territories but it seems a little different like at this time all these states were joining in rapid succession and it would just be an interesting time to live like with all this change happening okay missouri's first capital in jefferson city was destroyed by a fire in 1837 and then 1838 so again i'm very fascinated with the, the history of the mormon church they do have quite the history in missouri governor Lindbergh boggs in 1838 issued the extermination order against mormons living in missouri and demanded that the members of the mormon church leave the state crazy i can't believe there's something that was able to be issued into law called the extermination order like that is insane um okay 1839 the geyer act which founded the Missouri public school system was approved and signed and then the first state university west of the Mississippi River opened in 1841 and it was it is known as the University of Missouri um okay 1847 legislation was enacted to establish a hospital for care and treatment of the insane State Hospital Number 1 was established in Fulton and began receiving patients four years later in 1851. 
also the oldest bank west of the Mississippi River was established uh, in 1847, as well as uh, the connection was completed between St. Louis and the East Coast by telegraph right at the end of the year in 1847 as well. So a lot happened that year. Okay, then there was a, uh, it was the gold rush. So 1849, it says, with the discovery of gold in California, the Missouri towns of St. Louis, Independence, Westport, and St. Joseph became points of departure for emigrants bound for California. Making, and okay, so, and this is why Missouri is called the Gateway of the West. It's called the Gateway of the West because it's over, it's on the west of the Mississippi. And it was like this stopping point for people to go to California for the gold rush. So I had kind of lost that history. I've actually, I went to St. Louis um, in college for like a school trip. Um, We were presenting like some paper for aerospace or our senior project, I mean. And we went there and, you know, you see the arch and it's the gateway of the West, but it's kind of like easy to discount it when you live more West than that. You're like, what? This is kind of East, (laughs) you know, like it doesn't make that much sense. I guess, you know, as expansion, I figured it was just because, oh yeah, we're expanding into the West and they probably thought this was pretty West. And so we're making this arch as the gateway of the West. Well, this makes a lot more sense that it was actually like a center for people to kind of regroup before they went to California for the gold rush. So that is where the history of the whole arch and the gateway of the West or gateway to the West comes from. Um, Then there was a cholera epidemic. It says the second and the most serious cholera epidemic struck St. Louis where over 40, oh wow, no, 4,000 people died. I almost said 40,000, but it was 4,000 people died, which is still a lot. Like none of these towns were that huge um okay the town of kansas was created in 1850 which later became kansas city uh so you know geographically kansas city is right on the border it's like half in kansas and half in missouri that used to be just called kansas and that was established on february 4th 1850 poet eugene field was born in st louis also in 1850 And then the construction of the Pacific Railroad started in 1851. The ceremony for that was held in St. Louis. The line was to go from St. Louis to Jefferson City and then to some point on the western boundary. All right, 1854, President Franklin Pierce signed the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which allowed the notion of popular sovereignty in determining if a territory would be a slave state or a free state. This act set the stage for the violent Kansas-Missouri border wars where the Missouri border border ruffians and the Kansas Jayhawkers transformed a frontier quarrel over slavery borders into a national issue. So basically, Kansas and Missouri fought over slavery. So that's why, like, Kansas is called the Jayhawks because during this whole uh, dispute, they were called the Jayhawkers. And then the Missourians were called the Border Ruffians. That was like their nickname. So it turned it turned that into a, a national issue, like it said. 1857, the Dred Scott decision was handed down by Roger B. Taney, who was the Chief Justice. The case originated in St. Louis. Under Missouri statuses in 1846, Scott was allowed to sue for his freedom from slavery based on the fact that he had previously lived in a free territory before his return to the slave state of Missouri. 
so yeah they tried to from what i remember they tried to enslave him um even though he had been a free man and so this case was very monumental because they said yes you can sue for your freedom and you are no longer a slave because you were from a free territory okay let's see 1860 the short-lived pony express started its first run from saint joseph to sacramento california in 1861 this is when the civil war is has broken out the battle of wilson's creek resulted in a union retreat and southwestern missouri was left in confederate hands until the battle of pea ridge president abe lincoln same year 1861 revoked john freeman's emancipation proclamation for missouri and then also in 1861 missouri's rebel legislature legislature adopted an act of secession so missouri was a southern state civil war wise and they did secede from the union so there were quite a few battles in missouri george washington carver was born in the middle of the civil war in 1864 in missouri he later you know we'll go over him a little bit but he was very very important uh, okay, 1865, slavery was abolished in Missouri by an ordinance of immediate emancipation, making Missouri the first slave state to emancipate its slaves before the adoption of the 13th Amendment of the Constitution. So I think because they were kind of this middle, like they were on the border, there was more anti-slavery sentiment than there would be in maybe some other southern states. And so they were kind of ahead of them being forced to emancipate their slaves like they they did it before the 13th amendment okay 1865 missouri's second constitution was adopted a group of politicians known as the radicals favored emancipation of slaves and disenfranchisement of persons who were sympathetic to the confederacy during the civil war the radicals included an ironclad oath in the new constitution to exclude former confederate sympathizers from the vote and certain occupations severely severely limiting their civil rights so we've read about this before like the reconstruction period and it's very interesting how different states handled it because overall i feel like well i, I shouldn't say the majority but i've we've gone over states where basically like in the new constitution that they adopt or when they readmit people into the union or you know whatever they make new state legislature or state amendments, they exclude, th there's always a group, it seems, that tries to exclude anyone who is sympathetic to the Confederate uh, states. But I feel like most times they, they uh, decided to not punish just regular citizens who fought because they had to, basically they were drafted, or who sympathized with the confederate states they usually only punished the leaders like the confederate leaders this was basically telling anyone who sympathized with the confederacy that they could not vote which is kind of crazy um but anyway okay 1866 the lincoln institute later named lincoln university was incorporated as an institution for black students in missouri that was in 1866 and then 
1867, the women's Missouri Women's Suffrage Club was organized in St. Louis. The sole purpose of the organization was the political enfranchisement of women, the first such organization in the United States. Okay, um, 1870, a woman named Lemma Barkaloo, I probably said that wrong, was the first woman lawyer in Missouri. She was the first woman trial lawyer in the U.S. and the first woman lawyer to try a case in federal court. Um, there were, the governor's mansion was completed in 1872, and so the governor at the time, Governor B. Gratz Brown, and his family moved into the newly completed governor's mansion. The Missouri Supreme Court in 1873 upheld a decision by the St. Louis Circuit Court that denied Virginia Minor the right to register to vote. So that was a big, like, local state case. Uh, the first train robbery by the James Gang took place at Gads Hill in 1874. I hadn't heard of the James Gang, but yeah, they were famous for train robberies, I guess. Um, and then also in 1874, the Eads Bridge, which spans the Mississippi River, was opened in St. Louis. Another very weird thing, there was a grasshopper plague in Missouri. It cost $15 million worth of damages and it happened in 1875. That is spooky. Like, I don't really like grasshoppers that much. They don't bother me too much. But can you imagine a plague of them? Is like the worst nightmare. <laughs> um, and it caused a lot of damage too. So I think all the crops and everything were, were really damaged. Um, okay, 1875. Also, same year as the grasshopper plague, Missouri's third constitution was adopted. Okay, Jesse James. Well, okay, back up. 1881, Governor Thomas Crittenden offered a $5,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of the members of the Jesse James gang. And then a year later, Jesse James was killed by Bob Ford in St. Joseph in 1882. Um, the first, one of America's first skyscrapers was designed by Louis Sullivan. It was put up in St. Louis in 1891 it was called the st louis wainwright building let's see okay 1898 volunteers for the spanish-american war begin arriving in st louis and then sometimes they have like not great things on these timelines so i'm just trying to not waste our time here <laughs> okay the first state fair this is important was held in 1901 at sedalia or in Sedalia, Missouri. The 1904 World's Fair opened in St. Louis, obviously in 1904, but that was a, a big thing we've heard about in a couple other states was the World's Fair. The first, or the, pri the primary election law was adopted in Missouri in 1907. And then in 1909, the Missouri Supreme Court handed down a decision in the case against the Standard Oil Company, affirming that the company affirming the company's violation of Missouri antitrust laws. So some fraud going on here. In 1911, there was a large fire um, after the Missouri state capitol was struck by lightning and it completely destroyed the state capitol building. So that was February 5th, 1911. Okay, 1913, they switched to direct election of senators 
um, and that was authorized in that year. Previously, U.S. senators from Missouri were elected by the General Assembly, not by direct election. So that changed again in 1913. And then 1919, Governor Frederick D. Gardner signed a law granting presidential suffrage to women. That ended up becoming a amendment. So in 1919, you know, like two months later or something. Let's see. The governor signed the law in April 5th. And Missouri ratified the 11th... Or, sorry, Missouri ratified that 19th Amendment in July. So April, May, June, July. So yeah, like three months later, uh, they became the 11th state to ratify that 19th Amendment. And then the 19th Amendment was added to the U.S. Constitution on August 26, 1920. Um, Marie Byram became the first woman to vote in Missouri history. So that happened in 1920. The Centennial Road Law providing for the construction of a modern system of Missouri highways was signed into law in 1921. And then the first women were elected to the Missouri state legislature in 1922. Now, 1927 is a big time for Missouri in terms of flight and planes. Um, Charles Lindbergh landed the Spirit of St. Louis in Paris on May 21st, 1927. So, Obviously, he, you know, Spirit of the St. Louis, very significant to St. Louis. So that's very cool. Okay, um, now we are into the 1930s. So a bill creating the Missouri State Highway Patrol was signed into law by Governor Henry S. Caulfield. That was in 1931. And then the Bagnell Dam was completed that same year. Uh... 1936, Thomas Hart Benton painted his painting called A Social History of Missouri in the State Capitol Building uh, Lounge. So it was like the, yeah, the lounge of the State Capitol Building house. And that is like a big, you know, it commemorates all that is Missouri. So that is a, a famous painting there. Uh, let's see. 1938, the United States Supreme Court handed down its decision in the Lloyd Gaines case. The court struck a blow to Missouri's separate but equal laws, stating that in the absence of an equal law school for black students, Gaines should be admitted to the University of Missouri Law School. This is... Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking this was way later than civil rights, but it's it's not. 1938. Um, so yeah, so I actually kind of early there was no school uh, law school for black students so he was admitted into the university of missouri which was way earlier than desegregation was passed okay 1939 the mcdonald aircraft corporation was organized by j.s mcdonald it merged with douglas to form mcdonald douglas aircraft Corpora corporation later in 1967 Okay, 1945, the Missouri Supreme Court handed down its decision in the Kramer versus Shelley, versus Shelley St. Louis. Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this case basically had to do with housing segregation. And so it was a big, again, local, like, racial, racially charged case. Uh, Missouri's fourth and current constitution became effective in 1945. And then... 
Also in 1945, U.S. Vice President Harry S. Truman from Independence, Missouri, became president upon the death of Franklin D. Roosevelt. 1945, Japan signed documents of surrender ending World War II. In 1946, Winston Churchill, former Prime Minister of England, delivered his Iron Curtain speech at Fulton's Westminster College. Then again, 1948, uh, President Harry S. Truman elected, was elected to the presidency. He was re-elected. Okay, 1952 was the first was Missouri's first woman U.S. representative. There was a Missouri State Penitentiary penitentiary riot in 1954. There was a Commission on Human Rights that was created in 1957, so a lot of kind of progressive things happening here. The Gateway Arch was designed by Iro Saarinen. Cannot pronounce that, but that was uh, completed in 1965 it says located on the original settlement site of st louis it symbolizes the role of st louis in the development of the western frontier then so we're kind of entering into the civil rights era here and there were race riots in kansas city in response to the death of martin luther king jr that was in 1968 the first uh, missouri's first woman senator was elected in 1972 the Missouri's first African-American woman state senator was in 1977. Uh, 1980, court-ordered desegregation began in Missouri, attempting to alleviate the racial isolation of black students. The court determined that the state of Missouri was required to pay half of the cost of school desegregation plans. Numerous legal issues arose, as, as I do when there's a big shift like that. Uh, let's see... 1987, Whiteman Air Force Base in Nob Noster was designed as the home of the B-2 Stealth Bomber Unit. The first woman was appointed to the Missouri Supreme Court also in 1987. That was Ann K. Covington. Um, let me see. 1988, Missouri's first presidential primary on the occasion of Richard... Gr Greffart, U.S. congressman from Missouri. He was running for the Democratic nomination. Missouri voters approved of river, riverboat gambling excursions on the Mississippi and Missouri rivers in 1992. That actually sounds kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> A riverboat river cruise with some gambling on it. Like, you know, I get why they approved it. Um, 1993, there was something called the great flood of 1993 it devastated parts of missouri and the midwest as a whole and then in 1993 the outstanding schools act was passed it was a 310 million dollar measure to reform missouri schools and their funding and that is all i have on this timeline again lots of transition between missouri is like part of one territory then split off as part of another territory then a state then they had to like define the state lines and then they seceded from the Union, then they returned to the Union. It was, you know, lots going on with the Missouri state history, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about famous people from Missouri. So I think I've mentioned a few of them, but let's go through. Mark Twain, Maya Angelou, who is the poet laureate, I think it's called. Um, Akon, John Goodman, who's an actor. Uh, is he an actor? 
anyway, I recognize his picture, but now I'm not necessarily recognizing his name. But John Goodman, John Hamm, Cheryl Crow, Langston Hughes, Eminem, George Washington Carver, and Doris Roberts are all from Missouri. Oh, I said that we were going to go a little bit into George Washington Carver. Um, let me pull that up because he was really influential and he was an American scientist. So this says, let me just read this really quickly. He's George Washington Carver was an American agricultural scientist and inventor who promoted alternative crops to cotton and methods to prevent soil depletion. He was the most prominent black scientist of the early 20th century. He was a professor at Tuskegee Institute, and while he was there, he developed in techniques to improve soils depleted by repeated plantings of cotton. He wanted poor farmers to grow other crops, such as peanuts and sweet potatoes, as a source of their own food and to improve their quality of life. The most popular of his 44 practical bulletins for farmers contained 105 food recipes using peanuts. Although he spent years developing and promoting numerous products made from peanuts, none became commercially successful. So he made a huge impact on farming and actually growing farming as your own food. And, and he was very influential, influential. So I just wanted to touch on, on him because it didn't really come up in the timeline. Uh, also, I want to say that one of those famous people from Missouri, Doris Roberts, I only know her from like one thing. And that one thing is from keeping up with the Steins. She played the grandma and she is amazing. So I don't know what else she's in. But if you haven't seen Keeping Up with the Steins, I just rewatched it like, you know, two days ago and you got to watch it. It's just, it's just too good. So, okay. Now this brings me to our Missouri state symbols that we need to go over here. The state floral emblem is the white hawthorn blossom. The state bird is the bluebird. The state tree is the flowering dogwood. The state song is the Missouri waltz. Um, let's see. The state mineral is the galena. Um, it's like a dark gray, uh, and it breaks into small cubes. That's kind of interesting. I don't think I've really seen that before. The state insect is the honeybee. The fiddle is the state's musical instrument. The, I don't ever like going over the state fossils, the crinoid, like, I don't know what that is. Um, the state tree nut is the eastern black walnut. It's used in ice cream, baked goods, and candies. And it says the shell provides the soft grit abrasive used in metal cleaning and polishing and oil well drilling. So very, uh, what's it called? I'll just say useful. The state animal is the Missouri mule. The square dance is the state American folk dance. The state fish is the channel catfish. There's a Missouri foxtrotter horse, which is the state horse. The state game bird is a bob white quail. The state reptile is the three-toed box turtle. The state dessert is the ice cream cone. There's a state exercise in Missouri, which is the jumping jack. It was invented by Missouri-born Army General John J. Blackjack Pershing. Oh, John J. Blackjack Pershing as a training drill for cadets when he taught at West Point in the late 1800s. So interesting. Um, and that is all for the state symbols. 
last thing we're going to talk about is things to do. Honestly, not to rip on Missouri, but there's it doesn't seem to be as much as other states. Just going to throw that out there. There's the Gateway Arch, the Botanical Garden. There's a city museum, National World War One Museum and Memorial. There's a St. Louis Zoo, which looks pretty cool. And there's a Titanic Museum. So all those, I mean, they look pretty good. There just doesn't seem to be quite quite as much. So if you are from Missouri or have been or know great things to do in Missouri, let me know. Obviously their barbecue is very good. I went, when we went to Missouri, we got like the most amazing barbecue ever. So that could be a whole list of attractions. Just go around and find good barbecue. It's everywhere. So that is a very good thing about Missouri. And that is all for today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you on Monday for another just random topic. I'll see you next Thursday for another state topic. So I hope you enjoyed and I will see you later. Bye everyone.